Worldwide parent coach and conscious educator, Sue DeCaro, is on a mission to revitalize the joy in parenting. Welcome to Conscious Parents, Thriving Kids, a podcast designed to help parents all over the world create deeper connections with themselves and their children while overcoming life's daily parenting challenges. Listen in if you want to bring more laughter, love, and enjoyment to your home life. Welcome to Conscious Parents Thriving Kids, a place for all things parenting. I am your host, Sue DeCaro. Today, I am pleased to introduce my dear friend and world changer, Kate Drennan. Kate is a primary school teacher and relaxed kids coach with 16 years experience of working with children and young people. She is also the founder of Calm Minds, Happy Hearts, a service specializing in supporting children and families to understand and manage their emotions so they can live calmer, happier lives. She works diligently to help children to build a practical toolkit for managing their big feelings alongside developing their resilience, confidence, and self-esteem. One of her passions is in providing parents with an insight into their children's developing brains and empowering them with the tools and strategies to calm their children's nervous system when they become overwhelmed with emotions. She lives in the south of England with her husband and two daughters, aged two and seven. Kate, welcome, and thank you for all that you're doing in the world. Such a very important teaching and educating of our children and parents. Oh, thank you, Sue. It's so lovely to be here. Really, I'm privileged to share this with you. Well, let's let's dive in. Let's talk a little bit about meltdowns because it's, as you and I both know, an absolutely common and necessary part of a child's life, right? Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, it is one of the biggest parenting challenges, you know, managing meltdowns and, and big emotions, um, you know, whether it's your three-year-old who is having a meltdown over not being able to have sweets, you know, in a supermarket aisle, or whether they're worried about monsters under their bed, or, or they've fallen out with friends, you know, childhood is absolutely packed full of these um, difficult experiences for children where, their emotions are running high um, and it's incredibly tough for, for, for them and also as us as parents in trying to, to manage them and support them through it. So yeah, it's incredibly difficult. So if we're thinking about the parents, right? Because again, we're talking about this as being a very common, necessary part of a child's life, right? To mm, move through yeah. the emotions, to connect with their emotions, to to feel and and become more resilient and more aware of what's happening with them, in them, and for them. How can we help the parents? Because I think that's the big picture, is parents in the life of a child need to have tools to not only help themselves, but help them ch- their child in front of them, correct? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's one of the, the things that we want as parents. We want to be able to draw upon it, um, a you know, a toolkit of ideas and strategies that we can go to in those moments um, where it is incredibly difficult. And so um, there are a range of things that parents can draw upon. One of the first things that I um, I like to talk to parents about is rather uh, before we get into the the um, those strategies that you can use in the moment, what I like to get parents to think about is actually 
why your child is behaving like that in the first place. And, and I really feel like that is a missing piece in the puzzle. Um, and it's not always acknowledged, but actually having a very basic insight into how our children's um, developing brains work can really help us to reframe the behavior that we're seeing and consequently um, then how we manage that. So, so talk about that. So we're a parent, so, we're, in, we're in the grocery store. Our child's having a yes. big emotion because as you said, they can't have the sweets and what child doesn't want the sweets? Yeah, <laughs> so absolutely, what, yeah. How can a parent see, first of all, because again, as parents, we, we live busy lives and we don't always recognize why our child is having a meltdown. So first let's talk about how a parent can see what's happening and, and be more aware of, the cause and effect of this particular emotion. And secondly, let's talk about how the brain plays a role. Okay, um, so I will try my very best to um, explain this in very simple child-friendly language that I use with the families and the children that I work with. Um, and when explaining you know, your meltdown to, to the parents, what I say is that you know, the, the children actually, they, have no, they don't want to be displaying that meltdown. It is not a choice for them. It is simply their way of trying to communicate their emotion that they are feeling. Um, and actually the part of their brain, um, the prefrontal cortex, that part of their brain that's responsible for applying logic or reason to that situation simply is under construction. Okay, it doesn't um, even start to develop until children are four years old. And this can be really mind blowing for parents because when we start to understand that actually that part of their brain that helps them to um, think logically and um, that helps them to regulate their emotions um, and control their impulsivity, if they realize has not even started to develop until the child is four, it can help us to understand that actually our children aren't choosing this they are doing the very best that they can given what they have okay which is very limited brain um capacity at that point so like i said that part of that brain it's simply under construction and it you, you know it starts to develop from the age of four doesn't really come into focus until our children are around the age of seven and astonishingly it doesn't finish maturing until we're in our mid-20s which i just found that for me having that little nugget of information has proved to be incredibly empowering as a parent because when we understand that actually um when we see our children behaving and or displaying these big emotions and having these meltdowns having this brain um insight can help just to to change how we are viewing their behavior and and we can come at it from a place of empathy and um, a place of compassion absolutely you are so right, Kate, about the brain. And my children are in their 20s. And I still say to myself, with compassion for myself and for them, that their brain is still developing. And studies even show it's closer to 30 now. So it's a long process. We have to be it, patient. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it can, it can really feel like um, it's, a, you know, it's a long, long time until they, they reach that point. But, but actually, when we you know, shift our mindset towards one of understanding that it is our job to, to guide them. Responding to emotions is absolutely a key element. And our children don't have the language at no. some ages to to put words to it so if we as their parent can help them to put the language to it to 
create an emotionally intelligent culture by helping them to actually label what they're oh, feeling during a meltdown, after a meltdown, in the evening, right? Absolutely. That, that is one of the most important um, strategies that I give to parents when working with them, um, because you're absolutely right. We need to give children the language to be able to understand what it is they are feeling in their body. Um, and so we do this by um, labeling the, the emotion and saying when your child is is throwing this, you know, throwing it um, having a meltdown in the supermarket because they can't have those sweets. It's about getting down to your child's level and just saying, I can see you're feeling angry. I can see you're you're frustrated right now. Right. Um, and just communicating those 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 that language with them and helping them to really name um, it what it is they are feeling. Because we know that when children and adults understand what it is that they are feeling, they are better able to manage it. Yes, absolutely. And it's over and over and over again. It's not a one and done. It's a constant process of labeling, repeating, supporting, using your tools as adults in the child's world. So you fill their toolbox with their own tools as they continue to grow up. And repetition is an enormous gift for our kids. Oh, absolutely, Sue. I couldn't agree more because what we need to do is we need to, you know, give children these repeated experiences so that we can rewire their, their the neurons in their brain. We know that that's how children learn. We need to repeat and repeat so that, you know, they are forming those new pathways so that as they start to, to learn and start to practice these ways of managing their emotions, over time, they will become more habitual and, and children will move um, from, you know, where in the beginning it might be that the parent is, is um, modeling to a child a way of calming down. So perhaps doing a breathing exercise with them, it will move from that towards the child being able to, to self-regulate and being able to use some of those strategies more and more on their own, which is ultimately where we want to, to see our children get to so that Absolutely. they can, you know, face the whatever challenges that, that they are going to face in their lives. Absolutely. And these are skills that are, as you said, they're important for their life, not just today, not just tomorrow. So tools for managing meltdowns are really tools for managing life. It's so much bigger than the meltdown. Mm, absolutely. And that, that's another thing that's I think is really important for parents to, to see. And I think, you know, often when, when our parent when our children are displaying these emotions, we get very caught up in the now, the here and now, and just think, I just need to, to sort this out here and now. But but actually when we start to understand that the the way in which we respond to our children's emotions can actually have a huge impact on on the positive brain development and and nurturing and protecting their their longer-term mental health, it can really um, change the way we respond to our children. Mm, absolutely. Share something that you shared with me that I thought was brilliant um, in how we can bring our children to the uh, idea of animal names to, to name parts of their brain. Talk a little bit about that because I think it's such a wonderful child-friendly child -friendly way to help our kids understand themselves a little more. Yeah, sure. So in the sessions um, that I work with the children and families, I introduce the brain to the children in a very simple way using animal names. So I say to the children that they're, and parents that there are three 
um, key parts of the brain and we can liken these parts to three different animals. So we have the meerkat, um, the elephant and the wise owl. So the meerkat um, or the scientific name is our amygdala. So that is our uh, um, internal alarm system and it's formed at birth um, and it's very instinctive, very reactive and it is the part of our brain which keeps us safe. So whenever um, we, our brain perceives a threat, whether it's a real threat or whether it's an imagined threat, that is the part of the brain that triggers our body's um, fight, flight or freeze response and it does that in order to keep us safe. Okay, so that's the meerkat. And then we go on to explain, and that's fully formed from birth. And then the next part of our brain to develop is the elephant part of our brain, which is the part of our brain which stores our memories. So um, it remembers things like where we live and what our favorite ice cream is. And importantly, it also stores um, our emotions that are associated with our memories. So for example, if a child has had an incident where they have been attacked, uh, bitten by a dog and they will feel scared in that moment, their brain will remember that. And that's how, you know, things like fears can develop because that part of the brain stores how they felt when an experience happened. Um, and then going forward, the third part of the brain is our wise owl. And this is um, our thinking brain. It's that the, the final part of our brain to start developing and it's our it's really it's our control center of the brain and it's responsible for things like thinking planning helping us to learn helping us to control our emotions um, and like I said earlier that's the part of our brain that doesn't start to develop until we are four and doesn't finish developing until we are adults so what we find is that by giving children this um introduction to the brain and also parents is that by doing this we're giving the whole family um, a shared language that they can use to start to talk about their their brain and their emotions in a very um, child-friendly way so what we say is that you know when a child um, has a meltdown and um, or is experiencing a big emotion what happens is is that their meerkat simply takes over and their brain goes into meerkat mode because it, their meerkat is just trying to keep them safe but in that moment that meerkat takes over and the wise owl flies away so in that moment they cannot think straight and they cannot think how to calm down they cannot think logically or rationally so the number one goal, the number one aim in that moment, in that meltdown, is simply to calm the meerkat down. And this can really help parents just to, to see it in a, in a really simplistic way and understand both the children and parents that, that what we need to do is calm our meerkats down and that actually there are some very simple and effective ways that we can do this. Beautiful. And what, you know, as you were describing the, the animals, I had a big smile on my face because what a beautiful gift to see at a young age, your brain as, you know, animals that you can relate to as opposed to names of the brain that you cannot as a child that just seem too big to even comprehend. But when you think of them as animals, you're, you're almost connecting with them in a more beautiful way, a childlike way, right? Yeah, a real yeah. way that kids can understand what's going on. Mm, yes. And I think another benefit of explaining, you know, their brain to them in this way is that it can help to um, take away some of the uncomfortable feelings around some of the more, the more, um, 
the, the more powerful emotions. So thinking of anger, for example, often children will feel um, a lot of shame or, or guilt or embarrassment around um, that particular emotion. Whereas when we can come in and say, hey, it's okay, I can see you're angry, your meerkat's taken over, it can really help to, to take away some of those uncomfortable feelings for them and help them to see it as, um, as it's not their fault, you know, it's a, it's a, a biological response that is happening in their body to try and keep them safe. And hey, there's things that we can do to manage that. Absolutely. I, I love that. And I think the other important piece here is to honor in our children, just as we need to honor in ourselves, whatever feeling or emotion, big, small, doesn't matter, that's coming up for them and with them. Because the more we honor them, and the more we bring positive attention to helping our children through it, the less shaming and creating discomfort for our kids that we are adding to the situation. Yeah, I completely agree. I think yeah, often there are certain emotions which have kind of negative connotations with them, but you're absolutely right. It's about giving children permission to feel all of the emotions, you know, mm -hmm. every single feeling is, is valid and it's okay and it's normal. Um, and actually feelings are, they're messengers. They're trying to tell us something. And when we, we see it like that, it can really help us to, to, to see feelings in a different way and help us to help children to, um, kind of embrace them and, and move through them rather than feeling that they have to kind of stop them um, and make them go away. I love it. And, and what you just said, I want to repeat uh, just a phrase, the feelings are the messengers. And if we as parents can look at our children and look at ourselves because we're no different mm -hmm. as the feelings being the messengers for something beneath, what is the story? What is the the message, what can we take away from the big emotion? What's our child truly feeling? What are we truly feeling? And get below it, we can actually understand how we can help in a different way. Yes, absolutely. Because we know that the, you know, when we look behind the behavior, there is, and that, that emotion, there is always a reason. And you're right, when we, when we start to look a bit deeper and explore that, we are then more able to, to find the, um, the right solutions. And actually, you know, when, when children are given the opportunity themselves to, to understand how they are feeling um, and being given opportunities to, to solve, you know, the problems, the reasons behind why they are feeling in a certain way, that can really help to, um, to, to grow their resilience and to, mm -hmm. to boost their problem solving skills and really equip yeah. them with, with understanding, you know, um, how they are feeling and then what steps they need to take in order to, to change that. Absolutely. So empowering, which our kids need for sure. Kate, just to, you, you do such beautiful things with children and families. Where can people who are listening to this today learn more about you and connect with you? Um, so they can find me on Facebook. So I have a business um, page there called Calm Minds Happy Hearts. So they are more than welcome to come and see, um, visit me there and see the work that I do. Um, I also have a community on there. And so underneath, um, on my Facebook page, there is a, a community called the Breathe Community, uh, which is an active uh, support community, really, for, for parents um, who are looking for a more supportive um, 
group of like-minded parents really who want to look at how they can manage their own stress and anxiety as well as their children's so that they can lead a calmer happier life so I would love you to come and find me on there and be a part of, of our community it's beautiful and I love the words calm minds happy hearts that's so beautiful so thank you so much Kate for being here with me and sharing your beautiful knowledge with all our listeners and the world at large I really appreciate it Oh, thank you, Sue. It's been lovely to be with you. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us. Remember, every moment is a new moment for Conscious Connections. Thanks for listening to Conscious Parents, Thriving Kids. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend. And be sure to give us some stars and a favorable review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.